We are starting a brand new series here called It's Complicated, all about relationships. I want to encourage you guys to text in your questions uh, to Pastors Herbert and Tiffany so uh, in a couple of weeks they can answer those. Pastor Herbert will be back here uh, next week to share part two of this series. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. This is the very first book of the Bible. If you're not sure where it is, just open up to the beginning, pass the table of contents, and you'll find it. You'll find it. It will be there. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. Scriptures say, the, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It is not good for man to be alone. Those of you who maybe have been in church for a while or you've heard, uh, you, you've read some of the Bible, you may be familiar with the first chapter of the book of Genesis, how God creates the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And here began the process of creation. And, and every time God said something, it happened. Every time God said, I want to separate this and that, it happened. Every time he said, I want to make this, it happened. And he goes through day one and day two and day three and day four and day five. And he keeps saying, it's good. It's good. After he makes it, he says, it's good. It's good. It's good. And then he gets to man. And after he makes man, he says, it's not good good. I need to make a woman. That's a joke, okay? <laughs> he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for him to be alone. Now, uh, if, if you've spent any time in church, um, you have probably heard this scripture uh, over maybe years gone by uh, that, that this scripture is all about, about, about marriage and, and how it's, it's not good. Some people read it this way. It's not good for a man to be single or it's not good for a woman to be single. And the act, when I read this, though, I, I, don't, I don't read that because the reality is Jesus was single. Uh-oh. So it's got to do something with your theology right here. If it's, if it's not good to be single and Jesus was single, I thought Jesus was good. John the Baptist, single. You read through Scripture, and there's single people all throughout Scripture. Our Savior, the one who got on the cross for every single one of us, the one who gave his life on our behalf, he did not have a ring on it, okay? There was only him. So if God was able to fulfill his plans and purposes in the life of a single man known as our Savior, surely God is able to fulfill his plans and purposes for an individual in our day and age when they're single that you don't need a ring in order to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for your life. You can be used by God in that season right now. You don't have to wait. How many single people we got in here? Give me, give me a holler. Give me a holler, single people. Okay, 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 okay. Now look around, because that's a potential right there. 
I see you worshiping with your eyes open. Got three options. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you and I need to understand that this, that, 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 uh, that when God, when God made you, he did not make you in a way that a man or a woman was designed to complete you. I, I, I saw Jerry Maguire, okay? I saw it. I saw it. I, I saw him in the elevator. You, oh, he, you know, showed up at the end of the movie. You, you, you complete me. You complete me. And it's great for a movie, and your lip can quiver, and a tear can come down your cheek like Denzel in glory. You, you, can have, you can have these moments where it just seems so perfect and right. You complete me. But please understand that who completes you is not a husband and not a wife. Who completes you is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the one that completes you. He's the one that completes you. And if you and I are looking for a husband or wife to complete us, you and I will find ourselves on the short end of the stick over and over and over and over again because there is no person on this planet that has the power to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you of your past, and put you on a firm foundation for your future. That is only Jesus Christ. Write down this equation, okay? Write down this equation. If you're, if you're a math student, you're, you're in college right now, you're in grade school, and, and, and you, you're going to see this, and your teacher's going to say it's wrong, but I'm telling you it's right. Here's the equation. One plus one equals one. Okay? One plus one equals one. Only with God is this true. A whole man plus a whole woman equals a whole marriage. But a half a man plus a half a woman equals half a marriage. Some of us are living this right now. Come on, married people. Don't, 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 don't elbow the person next to you. You're living, you're living this right now. You know, you know that, that whatever, whomever the person is that you marry, whoever it is that you say I do to, uh, if, if they are deficient in any way, shape, form, or fashion, it's not you that somehow magically takes away all their drama and pain. They bring all of that into the relationship with them. I do doesn't actually cleanse you of your past. Just brings it in there with you. One plus one equals one. This is why this church family is so passionate about every single one of us in here, whether you're single or whether you're married, becoming all that you can be in Christ. This is why we're so passionate about you being in groups. This is why we're so passionate about you serving. This is why we're so passionate here about you investing yourself in your time, your talents, and your treasures, because we recognize in order for you to be all that God has called you to be, it takes just surrender and allowing the Holy Spirit to shape you from the inside out so you can step fully into who God has called you to be. One plus one equals one. One plus one equals one. So if you are in a single of se uh, a season of singleness right now, you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting your time. If God wanted you to be born married, he would have done it. <laughs> okay? 
Now, I know single people can sometimes get mad at me about this. Like, oh, you're married, so you got somebody you get to lay next to you. You shut your bald head up. Okay, okay. I, I, I see the way you're looking at me. I see the way you're looking at me. <laughs> it hurts my feelings a little bit, but, but I'm right. Because there are plenty of people that are married right now, and they're not living some fantasy life that you think married people live. There some married people, not all, not at this campus, other campuses. <laughs> Their marriage can be a living hell. And now you, 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 you're tied in with someone. Now, now you've got, you got your bank accounts and, and your lives and your kids and, and your souls and, and your minds. You've got all this stuff wrapped in. And, and some of us are thinking, oh, oh, once, once, I, once I get married, then everything becomes all right. And married people are going, no, that is not the case. I'm telling you from the other side, that is not the case. <laughs> You still got to work. You still got to serve. You still got to love. You still got to give. You still got to bless. You still got to forgive. You still got to humble yourself. You still got to go beyond. Your, you, there's, there's still so much work that, keeps, that needs to be put into things in order for you and I to move forward into what God has called us to be and do. One plus one equals one. I heard it said a long time ago, if you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you'll abuse it. If you don't understand the purpose of a thing, You'll abuse it. This microphone here is allowing me to speak uh, and allowing individuals to hear what I'm saying, but, but it's possible for someone to not know what this microphone, the, the purpose of this microphone. They can take this same microphone and use it as a hammer on nails. And if you use this, this microphone as a hammer on nails, you will abuse this microphone. It will not be able to work the way it was designed to work because that's not the purpose of the microphone. Many of us in here have taken our singleness and we don't understand the purpose of it, so we abuse it. We don't understand the purpose of our marriage, so we abuse it. It's like us taking this microphone and hitting it over and over and over again against something it was never designed to hit up against. Uh, for a quick side note, for married people, we talked about this at the marriage conference. Your marriage is not ultimately about you being happy. Uh-oh. That explains everything. Yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> Your marriage is not ultimately about you being happy. Your marriage is ultimately about you being a reflection of the glory and the majesty and the love of Jesus Christ for the church and for the world. That's ultimately what your marriage is about. And whenever you and I take our marriage and we try to make it about our ultimate happiness, we are abusing the purpose of it and we're taking it outside of the realm that God destined for it to be. But if husbands and wives will get their eyes back off of themselves and off of fixing their spouses and get their eyes back on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our marriages can be what God called them to be. But single people, you too, can take your singleness I think your singleness is all about you finding a spouse. I think your singleness is all about you living life for yourself. I think your singleness is about you getting to do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. And Jesus Christ did not die so that he can have a bunch of single followers doing what they want to do whenever they want to do it. He died so he had some single people that would lay down their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ and be salt and light in this world and leverage this season of their lives for his glory. That's the purpose. Uh, I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Single people, don't settle. 
Don't settle. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Y'all still with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's read, we'll read a few verses here. I'm just going to walk through this a little bit. Verses, verses 1 and 2, let's start there. Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man, uh-oh, not to marry, not to, some translations say, not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Now, when you read these first couple uh, verses here, uh, you, you get a little bit of an indicator on some things. Uh, this church at Corinth, uh, this is why it's called Corinthians. This church at Corinth, the apostle Paul is writing this letter to them. Uh, we discover here that he's writing in response to some questions that they have. So they texted in some questions, and now the apostle Paul is writing back. And he's saying, I, I, I want to talk to you about the matters you wrote about. So I, I, I can see the married people, uh, they're putting together their questions, they're putting together their questions, and the single people go, hey, 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 what about us? You know how single people can do, right, in church? What about, what, where's the conference for us? <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I, I read your email. Well, I'm so grateful that you have a church family. You have pastors that are thinking, hey, I'm trying to serve people in every single area of their lives. I want to make sure the kids are taken care of. I want to make sure the men are taken care of. I want to make sure the women are empowered. I want to make sure marriages are enriched. And I also want to make sure the single people understand that they are not set aside, but they have been called in position for such a time as this. And I get to have the opportunity today to, to remind you you're planted in a great place that's saying, we understand your questions. Understand what you're walking through. We see you. So the apostle Paul says, hey, 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 you're asking me some questions, single people. You, you want to know, I just want you to know, I don't think you should marry. But since the days are crazy, since there is so much immorality that every man take a wife and every, every woman take a husband, we are living today in some immoral times. This is not a, some indictment against our culture as if we are so holy and we're so much better than the world that's out there because we're in it too. And we got broken people in this place just like there's broken people all around the world and you're welcome here. There's no perfect people at this church. So you have all this immorality. You have a society that we're living in that says a woman um, can be devalued so much that she can be looked at as just a piece of meat, as a thing, as an it. Training our young men to grow up and to see women as less than. Teaching our young women that their image is not found in God, but their image is found in what they wear or their size or what they look like. 
We live in a day and age that's trying to tear at uh, the imago Dei, the image of God. And, and, and this has been happening from the very beginning. The sin has been there from the very beginning, to trying, to, trying to eat at the fabric because us human beings, we are the ones that have been stamped with the image and the picture of God. No wonder when sin came into the world, sin attacked not nation against nation, and it wasn't like one people group against another people group. The first sin after Adam and Eve ate of that tree was brother against brother. It was family that was going at each other. No wonder things are so complicated begin to twist and distort and we have been living in those times ever since see apostle paul here is writing hey it's immoral if it was immoral back in his day surely it's crazy in our day as well but there is some glorious hope but he's trying to give counsel he's trying to give wisdom he's trying to give insight to say hey i want you to look at the world from a biblical perspective skip down with me to verse number eight it says, now to, to the unmarried and to the widows, I, I say this. It is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. And this is the verse of scripture that everybody, they didn't even go to church. They know this one. For it is better to marry <laughs> than to burn with passion. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I, I, got, I got to get married, I got to get married, I got to get married, I got to get married. He says here that you, you can burn with uncontrollable passion. Those of us who are married in here, we know uh, when we were dating our person uh, that we eventually married, we discovered after the wedding day that we were actually dating their agent. Their agent was their agent slick. Their agent incredibly sharp. Agent incredibly gifted. Their agent always had their teeth brushed. Their agent always had their hair done. Their agent always had their finances in order. Their agent always seemed to have their car right. Their agent always seemed to have them have a job. Their agent always seemed to be on top of things. And then you married that person, but really you didn't know you married an agent. And once the agent gets the ring, the agent leaves. <laughs> so now you're waking up to someone and you're like, oh, your breath does stink in the morning. Because every time I saw you, <laughs> you were perfect. <laughs> it's part of the dance. I, I, I get that. But many times, many times. If we, don't, if we don't learn to control some things in our single life, you bring, and you know this, married folks, you know, you bring those uncontrollable desires into the marriage. You don't leave them at the altar. We like to think that all the bad stuff falls away with I do, but the bad stuff doesn't fall away with I do. What the bad stuff does is it actually gets highlighted with I do. It's like a big magnifying glass gets put on you. 
And it's all part of the process, I think, of our, of our sanctification. But, but, but I, I think there's a challenge to us in our day and age to say, hey, let us not be men and women that just allow our flesh and our desires to be the thing that run us. Let us be men and women of God that say, Lord, would you take every aspect of my life and would you use it all for your glory? I put it all at your feet. I'm praying that there would be a generation of people that would rise up and would say, God, I don't want to do just whatever I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to just go where I want to go. I want to go where you want me to go. I don't want to say whatever I want to say. I want to say what you want me to say. Wherever you're directing, that's where I want to go. Here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that you and I did not measure up in and of ourselves. The gospel is that you and I did not have enough strength and power to reach God. So what God did is he put skin on, came into this world, and Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice for you and me. And now we measure up not because of our worth and value. We measure up because the glory and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. So stop trying to prove your way and earn your way to God. You've never been able to do it and you can't do it now. So even in a time of singleness or if you're married right now, this is a time for you to say, Lord, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. I've been going my own way. I've been doing my own thing. I've been trying to fight this battle in my own strength and I don't have the strength and power in and of myself. But the, the empty grave is an announcement that death, hell, and the grave has been defeated. And since death and hell has been defeated, so is every lying, lustful, of hurtful, hateful thing that's trying to tear you away from God. Our surrender, our response to, to this glorious grace keeps pushing us forward. Uh, I know R. Kelly did a song back in the day called I Believe I Can Fly. I believe I can fly. That was my falsetto. And what a great song it was. And people are like, yeah, I believe I can touch the sky. And they're just, I've seen people lift their hands and worship to that song. And, and, and the song is about you and how good you are. But go ahead, go to some bridge, sing the song, I believe I can fly. Try it. <laughs> it doesn't work. And many of us are trying to live our Christianity like, I believe I can fly. And you, you can't do it in your own strength and power. The standards are too high. The call is too great. That is why we need a Savior. It's not you can do all things. It's you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. It's a really big Christ and a little you. We got that inverted so many times. We want to do a really big you and a little Christ. And, and Christianity was never designed to work that way. You want to be who God has called you to be? You want to walk in the place he's called you to walk? You want to be in sync with the Holy Spirit for your life? You and I have to get it through our thick skulls that it's not about all of our effort and our strength and our power. It's about us falling into the loving, graceful arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and letting him do in us and through us what he's called us to do. Okay, let's keep reading here. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Uh, let's go to verse 32. Paul says these words. He said, I would like you to be free from concern 
an unmarried man, a single man, is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or a single woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that, may, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Here the Apostle Paul is making it really clear. Once you get married, you are inviting into your life stuff. It's not all bad. A lot of it's really, really good. I think maybe all of it can be good, but it's just different now. Remember when you were single, you can go where you want to go, do what you want to do. You had, you know, you had your own schedule. <laughs> it's nice freedom. You get married, then you have some kids. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. You, your life is no longer your own, okay? You can have, your pastors, I know they can have like 17 basketball games in a given weekend, those of us in here with kids, you know how it is. I mean, I'm, I'm carting one kid here and carting another kid here. I'm like, honey, you got that kid and you going there. and then you, you, Your interests get all over the place. I love it. It's a gift. I pray that I'd be a dad. I pray that I'd be a husband. It's an absolute gift. I absolutely love it. But all of my time and my attention is no longer just fixed on just what I want to do. It's part of, it's part of the process. He says here, when you are single... Here's the purpose of your singleness. Again, if you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you abuse it. Here's the purpose of your singleness in this verse of Scripture, in verse 35. The purpose of your singleness is that you can have undivided devotion to the Lord. If you're fighting in your head with how in the world, what, what's the season about for me? Why, why, why should I be in the season? What should I be doing? Those of you who are, who are married and you've got some kids that are, that are grown now and you're trying to give them some counsel and wisdom, remind them that this season of life is not just about them. Remind them that this season of life is a gift from heaven designed by God to allow their spirit and their body to, to be devoted to to the Lord. This is why single people don't take this season of your life and cheapen it by giving yourself to any individual that comes your way. Don't take this season of, don't take this gift right here and just cast your pearls before swine trying to figure out who the right one might be here or there. This is not your season for that. This is your season to say, Lord, I surrender. This is your season to say, God, everything I have belongs to you. 
This is your season to get, to get it right now. And then, and then the joy, the, the, the promise is you can find a man or find a woman that, that is, is praying the same prayer, living the same way. So then one plus one can equal one. So that when you get connected with a man or a woman of God that's doing the same thing, you guys can begin to run in devotion and all, all be sold out for the cause of Christ. For, for, for single people, for married people. Here's a verse that I think is for all of us. John chapter 3, verse number 30. It's a really simple verse, but I think a powerful one nonetheless. John the Baptist says these words about Jesus. He says, he, Jesus, must become greater. And I must become less. Our prayers too many times have been inverted Jesus, make me greater. And you become a little bit less. Or Jesus, make me greater and you can be greater too. But that's not the prayer. The prayer is, I must become less so that he can become greater. You wouldn't be here this weekend if you weren't wanting to grow more in your walk with God. You wouldn't be here this weekend if you weren't trying to move the right direction. You wouldn't be here this weekend singing these songs and listening to me talk. You wouldn't be here this weekend serving and giving your time and your money and, and your thoughts and your energy. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to grow. So since you're here, we might as well make this our cause. We might as well make this our prayer. Jesus, would you just become greater? Jesus, would you be magnified? Jesus, would you be lifted up, Jesus? Would you be exalted, Jesus? Would you have your way and make me last so that you could become greater? Not my glory, yours. Not my way, yours. Not my will, but yours be done.